Do you like fantasy sports? If you're listening to this, we're sure you do. Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at DynastyOwner.com and get started on building your dynasty. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy, original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Russ Fisher, Izzy Elkafoss, and Akash Patel. We are back yet again for the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. Russ, Akash, Izzy, here, the team. We got the band back together again. We are going to talk... It's still rookie draft season. We are sticking. We are talking about rookies because all of us degenerates have finished a bunch of our rookie drafts. So if you who are listening are not crazy like us, we were just talking before. These guys have like five or six rookie drafts done. I had 15 or 16 done. So we have some information pulled together that we hope can help you along the way in your rookie drafts trade in, trade out, or at least just know what to expect, though. This, I think, in the like seven or eight years I've been playing Dynasty is the least predictable draft. Like, I remember 2017, the beginning was weird because, I mean, I was one of those awesome people who had Corey Davis 101. But then you had the likes of Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. There was, and then 2018, we had that giant group of running backs where Okay, you had Saquon Barkley 101, but okay, saying the name Darius Geis probably doesn't mean anything to half the people listening because maybe you're just too new to the game, but Darius Geis, Nick Chubb, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, like, there were just so many people that, but it was still, it was tiered. This, this year is just, I don't even know. So we are going to share all the information we can to try and make your lives a little easier, a little better, because we're here for you. So let's let's start with experience first. Um, Izzy, how how have your drafts gone? Have have you noticed anything different this year beyond anything that you've been doing this entire time before that you think would be helpful to share with the audience? Um, anything I've noticed this year specifically? Um, you know, there has been a lot more activity than in years past during the draft, and. Which is interesting because I thought that would be, I thought it would be one of those things where people would be trying to trade down and not having anybody to trade up with them. Uh, but that hasn't been the case. So I've seen a lot of these trades in the middle of the first, late first, um, and they've been ex- actually executed for, but you're not getting the same return on your initial investment that you exp- Well, I guess it depends on how you invested your initial, but um, you're not getting the same. Like there's less of a delta between the picks when you're talking about what you need to do to move up. So I've seen trades involving the 105 and 108, and all that's being added is like a third. So like yep. little things like that. I would say that's the 
the thing I've noticed the most that's very atypical in drafts. Like you can move up in this draft. That's probably why there's a lot of move ups is because the cost to move up to get your guy is so much smaller than it usually is. Like in years past, like last year, if you got to go to 108 to 105, you're going to have to move an early second or a future second to get into that spot, which I think is too rich for a lot of people. Um, but now it's just, it's cost efficient to move up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's probably in your best interest to move up, especially if you have guys tiered. Um, so yeah, that's probably the one thing I've noticed. What about you, Akash? Um, different from years past, I find myself trying to move out of the draft more, like, cause I, I'm finding it harder to move down cause everyone's trying to move down. So I ultimately just find myself moving out of the draft entirely and trading for veterans. But, uh, this really my, um, pretty much my first year doing a bunch of rookie drafts. Cause last year I did a handful cause I was only in a handful of leagues, but I joined a bunch of leagues since then. So really ramping up, I've gotten like seven rookie drafts done so far and five rookie drafting right now still got some to go yeah i i've actually noticed both of what you guys have said as well a lot of people trying to just get out but also it's been more difficult than i thought it would be to trade in you know like because even if you are looking to get out it seems like a lot of people are still holding on to the idea if I'm trading out of the second round. I want better than a 23 second coming back to me. But when you tell someone, which would you rather be in the 22 second or the 23 second? Oh, the 23 second. I don't care about the 22 second. But clearly you do because you still want a 23 second. And I'm not saying you should trade out of this year's second for a 23 third because that is bad process. But it hasn't seemed easy to get into this draft which is a little dissonant in my brain because we hate this draft and it is easier to move up than it has ever been like trades within the first I've seen like as he said thirds thirds and fourths mm-hmm. and not like 112 to 111 we're talking 105 to 103 you know it's just like you pretty much will take literally anything you can get to move back because that's how ingrained it is that you need to move back. Well, and I think it, I think it's less about it ingra- ingrained and it more about being once Brees and Walker go off the board, we have six receivers that usually go off the board. So if Walker goes one hundred two, then you have the six or seven receivers in order. Go bang, 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 all the way down, and then Kenny Pickett might sneak in there somewhere. Okay. When you have that, what you're going to do is you can pull a hundred people, and they're going to have completely different orders on with these receivers go in some drafts, you know, like we've seen, I've seen Olave go up as high as 105. I've seen Olave fall all the way down to 111. Mm-hmm. Drake London has the smallest gap between where his high and his low is, his lowest deviation. He's like 102. I've seen him go mm-hmm. all the way down to 105. I haven't seen him go down past 105. So all of these players have such a wide range outside of, of London. It feels like London and Burks are kind of like, guaranteed not to fall past 105 or 106 and then the rest of them i i can see going to 108 109 110 so usually we have players kind of mix you know, there'll be a running back or or a quarterback or a high-end tight end thrown into these the middle of these drafts in the first round that's not the case this year so i don't know i i, I did have a i did have a list of of um i want to ask you guys so i was in a a draft there were 12 trades inside of the draft which is pretty high Mm -hmm. 
So I want to run, if it's okay, Russ, you're the host. Can I ask you guys, can I bring up a few of these trades and you guys tell me what you guys think? Let's start talking a little bit more about order. And then we're going to get into Mm -hmm. trades because, okay, I mean, you're, you're, you're stealing my thunder a bit when I was going to say, what do you see? Because we talked about trades within. So I was going to see where do you see those pockets? But first, um, if anyone listening doesn't know, I run a group of leagues called the Trade Addicts Leagues. And there are 10 of them. And they are all the exact same settings, just different people. The only people that are in more than one of these leagues is me and my co-host Rocky. Every other league is 10 other individual people that are not in any other league so i figured what's the point of having all of this if we're not going to make some data out of it right because nerds so along the lines of what you were saying the adp that we have is Brees hall easy 101 he went 101 in nine out of ten and the one he did not go in was because the same person had the first four picks he actually had, I believe it was eight out of the first 11. So he just did not care about order and he wanted to be mean to me. So, and by the way, he took Drake London one. So that definitely skews my little, my, my range on him. But Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker go one and two. But the thing is, his act, Kenneth Walker's actual ADP is 3.4. No one came in at two. You know, there was that wide of a spread. And, the from three to four is just is four players already we have kenneth walker 3.4 drake london 3.8 burks 4.2 garrett wilson 4.7 so that seems like another mini tier by itself Mm -hmm. and then the next player to come in is at six 6.1 jameson williams kenny pickett 6.7 then the duo of alave and sky Moore. And I guess just to finish out the round, which jumps now to 10 and 12, Christian Watson, James Cook, and George Pickens. That, that's the first round of ADP I've seen. And to what you were saying before, almost all of Kenneth Walker, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson have the earliest of one, latest of eight. All of them. None of, them have, none of those have fell past eight. Kenneth Walker made it to eight, but the rest of them are pretty much two to seven is the like almost cemented range of where those guys are going. So I guess now let's get into some of those trades you were talking about, Izzy, around where in this first tier group of players you saw some of these trades go down. So starting at the... So somebody moved into the draft via player, which you see less of. Usually it's pick for pick and there's a swap there. Uh, there was a before before um, the misdemeanor, Jerry Judy and a 24 second for the 106. Thoughts? Okay, so who'd they pick there? Uh, one oh, so it was Brees, Kenneth, Drake, London, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burke. So those five guys that you had mentioned that I'm falling below 108, that was the first five. At 106, the individual had the opportunity to take Jameson, Sky. Watson or Olave, right? Those are the next five that went, and they went with Kenny Pickett. Mm. So Kenny Pickett, one hundred six. Yeah, I take go Judy. See, honestly, the pick is just worth more. I even at the time, I, the calculator has Judy at thirteen point eight and the one hundred six at twenty one. 
So, and it, what do you think? Is it a 24 second? Yeah. So 24 seconds. I don't think that, I'm not sure that bridges that gap just because of how far away well, it is. In the long run, it probably does. But I would much rather have the pick. I love Jerry Judy. I've been a fan of him since college. It's one of the few players I actually watched play in college because I don't watch college football. But man, just the ceiling of Jamison Williams is, is so enticing. The solidity, the 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 solid out range of outcomes, I think, is there for Olave or Sky Moore. This the safety of Sky Moore's value to me is even better than Jerry Judy's because I think we're past the point. This is the last chance for Jerry Judy to just hold on to hypothetical value. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do it now with Russell Wilson, he he's dropping to, you know, easy wide receiver three, four area. But mm-hmm. Sky Moore is going to have at least two, three years, the same as Judy has had, to hold his value, especially being with Mahomes. So it's too much of a risk for me to move out of that tier of players. And yes, you're getting a 24 second, which is very cool, but... Eh. To me, the 106 is just something I would rather have something better coming to me for. Mm-hmm. And, pick, pick it, though, not one of the wide receivers. Well, but you have to but you have to look at it from the before. So it was you have to look at the trade itself. What he did with it, I mean, he could have taken but Jahan I, Dotson. And, I assume he traded up with the intention because he wanted Pickett. And so from yes, his he perspective, it's, yeah. okay, Pickett, and I give yeah. up Judy in the later second. Yeah, it's a bad. Yeah, if you if you include the play, yeah, so you're looking at it from let's what he did with it. Yeah, and Russ is looking at it from just the trade itself. Is it good value to to do to have the opportunity to move into that? Mm-hmm. So you guys are answering two different ways, which is totally <laughs> fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at it because that's what the trade really breaks down to: who you pick with the pick. Yeah, because he did it on the clock. I guess you start if you're trading it away. You think about it what I did. If you're trading in, you think about it the way Akash did, because for Akash trading in, what would I give up for this rookie quarterback? Mm -hmm. It's that plain and simple. And if I'm on the clock at the 106, I don't care what that guy does with it, because I'm not trading back, I'm trading out. So you think about it the way I did. And if that's the case, I, I mean, I'm still with the pick. If I'm trading out, I'm not happy getting Jerry Judy in the 24 second. It's good. It's not great. If you can't get better, to me, I if I'm in that spot and I'm not happy with the trade offers, I am completely fine picking a player that I know people are interested in and trying to trade them in two weeks when people are unhappy with how they're drafting. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this then. So instead of a player being inserted, what about a future pick? So we have another trade at 107. 107 was given up. In exchange, they got I'm not even going to talk about MVS. Uh, the 23 first and 211. Yeah, 231. Yeah. Uh, my, yeah, the, that's like the hot button topic, right? Where and where in this draft would you trade your pick for a 23 first? And I think it's after that. Well, the first tier of players is Brees Hall. So it's after that second tier of players. Once you get past the. I feel like I'm supposed to like Kenneth Walker because of his landing spot and everything. But like once you get past Brees Hall and that group of wide receivers, I'm fine trading out for a 23 first and getting back to 211, which is a nice dart throw. I'm cool with. So so as much as you love, you're just gushing about Jamison Williams. You don't think Jamison Williams is worth a 23 first? He is. But I would rather do it now 
let someone else take him and have my 23 first. Mm, okay. Because the floor of Jameson Williams also worries me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, especially, well, I mean, situation we can't even be upset about because that's going to change. We know that's going to change. I, I'm not AJ Browning myself ever <laughs> again, especially when, when Jared Goff is the quarterback and we know he's not the long-term answer. But yes, I will take my chances that the next year's pick won't be the 112 because that's like the worst it could get, right? And even if it is, not even realistically, I don't care about reality, the perception that the 112 is probably worth more, the 112 next year is probably worth more than the 105 or 106 this year anyway. So yeah, that's why I'm fine making that move. And plus, there's a lot of really good dart throws at the end of the second, beginning of third in this in this draft. Yeah. Like there's a lot of fun players I like in that area. So I getting that on top is just, you know, icing. At the end of the season and leading up to this draft, the 22 first were so easy to acquire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Relative, and I'm, I'm saying relative to what they usually are, not just in general, just relative to what they usually are. The 20, 22 first were about as easy to acquire as I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Do you think that now looking back at how the draft is shaken out, now that you've seen how many, you know, seen that, I mean, you've got 15 drafts off the board, Russ, you, gosh, you've got seven um, with five pending. Do you still agree that this draft isn't good? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Nope. Okay. So. See, here's the thing. I, I knew it wasn't going to be trash. Yeah. I knew that. It does feel like the players we're taking in the mid-second would have been thirds easy last year. That's what I'm thinking, Like yeah. we, we get to dart throws quicker than normal, I think, but the players, the first, first round is fun. It's solid. It's what rookie drafts are supposed to be as opposed to what we've gotten the past few years. Like, remember, 20, remember 2016 where, yeah, we had, we had, no, you, of course you don't. You were like six. Akash <laughs> is shaking his head no like we had Zeke at front and then there was I don't know do you like Treadwell do you like Dachshund and now I sit here saying Dotson because of the of Jahan uh, Corey Coleman uh, one of the names made me cry I mean Will Fuller was later in the like later first early second but like hmm. there's there were so many players where it was yeah, I mean Michael Thomas going at like the 107, 108, Derek Henry, just like Kenneth Walker splitting that middle a little bit. Like it was just a pick your poison, and you have no idea who's gonna work out. That to me is why this draft can be seen as bad. There is no sure thing. There is besides Brees Hall, who no one's a sure thing, but as as much as we can predict, that's why this draft is seen as bad. There is no grouping of studs. And I mean, that's not great process for me. Like you need these players on your team. It really comes down to risk aversion. Do you have a guy you like? Are you willing to plant a flag? Or are you the safer kind of person who's going to say, I'm not going to take this risk. If I can, I'll kick the can down to next year. And that's awesome. Or I like all these guys of a meh amount. If one of them starts doing well, I'll pay that tax and buy them after I've seen them do well. But I don't think this year is bad. Everyone fell to a good spot. Like, there is no one in this draft who we loved pre-draft process that were like, oh, crap, he's buried. 
oh, crap. He, he just went to a team where there's no way he's ever going to do well. Everyone seemed to go to the right place. It's great. But yes, the ceiling of these players is not what we want it to be. And I get that. Hmm. I was thinking about a more like comparative to other classes. Like what, like earlier in the season, were we asking, were we wrong about saying this class is bad? And I don't think we were. The players that we're seeing go in the mid-second, like you said earlier, are players that you'd probably see go in the third in other classes. Like when you're seeing third-round quarterbacks go up in the early second or fourth-round running backs up in the mid-second, it starts to get pretty dicey quickly. And it's kind of saved by the litany of wide receivers that we have, but we really have no very high upside quarterbacks. And we only have one workhorse running back, and that's uh, the assets that people like to build their team around because those are the ones that are the most highly valued. And so when you only have one of those in the entire draft, he's very valuable, and the rest of the draft isn't seen as valuable. What about you, Is? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I look at a, a draft like 2019. 2019 yep. was, was, was pretty bad. Um, it, well, when we do like the, the hindsight 2020, it ended up not being as bad because, there, you know, Terry McLaurin fell the late second. Deontay Johnson fell the mm-hmm. late second. But at the time, nobody was like, hey, oh, my God, you got to get those late second picks because, the, you know, Deontay Johnson and, and Terry McLaurin oh, yeah. and Jalen Hurd, the, we, we <laughs> got to get those guys, right? Yeah. So you have to look at it from 2019. 2022 picks were a lot cheaper than even 2019 people wanted those picks. But you had Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery as your top three, uh, and Miles Sanders as your top three running backs, mm-hmm. right? And people were like, okay, we love those guys. You had Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, and D.K. Metcalf as like the three receivers that everybody like really wanted. And our Sega Whiteside actually, I think, snuck up into that in the tier for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that was my bad, guys. That was my bad. <laughs> yeah. And then, you, and then you have like, and then you had the one quarterback which was Kyler. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had one tight end, which is TJ Hawkinson. And then it was... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Fant had... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Fant as well. Fant was... I think he probably had a late first, early second ADP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you had the guys that, at the time, were the... Where do they fit their low... I mean, their... They have low floors. You had the low floor guys like Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Miko Hardman, Paris Campbell. Like those were the guys that never made it up into the first round because they were too big of a risk, right? Where do they fit in the NFL? I was looking back at that the other day to see Marquise Brown have a ADP outside the first. Absolutely ridiculous for a first round wide receiver. It's it's not though. Every year there's going to be the speed wide receiver taking in the first of the NFL draft that falls to the second in rookie drafts. Right, Starting because, with Will Fuller. The, the difference is that Marquise Brown was really productive in college. It's every single year. But I mean, Fuller sort of worked out and yeah. Marquise Brown worked out. But John Ross, no. Henry Ruggs. I mean, yeah, Henry Ruggs. Not for football reasons, but even still, he didn't look like he was going to be doing anything anyway. He, he didn't look good when he played. But Ross wasn't very but, good in college. But but anyways, I think that low BMI guys, low BMI. That's all. Anyways, like we name those guys off at the time. I mean, it it reminds me of this because there weren't any like oh my god, gotta get them. Yep, right. I would say Brees Hall 
is the is higher in terms of who people want over Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, and then you look at Drake London, he's probably above, you know, he is above AJ Brown. AJ Brown coming. AJ Brown fell to 201 in multiple drafts I was in in 2019. Yep. Yep. Nikhil Harry and Drake London are probably pretty close. I'd probably say Nikhil Harry, maybe people preferred him over Drake London just because Nikhil Harry at the time was the only receiver that everybody wanted in the in the high first. AJ Brown and DK yep. Metcalf fell a lot into like the top, you know, bottom, bottom half of the first round. So all I'm saying, and, and this draft ended up being really good. Like I said, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, all have had dynasty value last at some point for the last three years. AJ Brown, DK Kyler, TJ Hawkinson, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Noah Fant, Devin Singletary, Darrell Henderson, Damian Harris, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Irv Smith. Tony Pollard, um, Jacoby Myers, Dawson Knox, Hunter Renfro. Like, that's not a bad draft. No, you'll get your hits from the draft. It's just I mean, that. that's a lot of hits. Identifying your low, low percentile yes. outcome hits beforehand. Is right. Tricky. But it's the point I'm trying this to make. Is, this is a hard The day. point I'm trying to make is just because this is not a draft that has a Zeke or a Christian McCaffrey or a Leonard Fournette or you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's going to end up being a bad draft. We talked about this from the beginning. There's a lot of depth to be had. There's a lot of second round guys that are in that, like David Bell is a perfect example of a guy that falls in the second every single year or every single draft Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are very high on. I can see David Bell. Yeah. We look back and be like, wow, we let him fall to 206. So, Absolutely. I'm with you. So, Most owned rookie, baby. Yeah, I, I love David He's Bell. second for me after Wandale. So you look at that and I say, you, we shouldn't really be giving these picks away. There's a good yeah. chance that the 22 class is going to have 10 to 12 guys that we look back and be like, man, I wish I had some shares of that. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's a... I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't expect anyone to be productive. And I know you're not accusing me of that either. Yeah. but. I can if you want me to argue with you. Yeah, we can argue. Why but, would you uh, say that everyone in this draft is terrible? That's, just looking that's at horrible. What we know now, um, the class doesn't seem as good uh, compared to other classes relative to the class we've seen over the last few years and the classes we expect to come up. But uh, there is certainly depth. It's just that relatively, it just it doesn't look as good. There's still certainly good players to be had. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, I thought that was... Thought that was a talking point because I'm curious where you guys fall on that uh, 22 yeah. first talk, that steam, I, guess, I should say, and then it just kind of yeah. we get into the definitely draft don't show your time. definitely don't sell your rookie picks short. This is the time to capitalize on. Yeah, but speaking of that area where fast wide receiver drafted in the first in the NFL goes second, the first player in the second rounds of the ADP I have in front of me is Jahan Dotson. Yeah. So that. Still seems to track, and I know he's a bit of a polarizing player, but he has the earliest drafted of 10, the latest drafted of 15. Again, very small range, but still in that bottom of the first, beginning of the second. So I guess my question is, with all of this and everything you just said, Izzy, did you find yourself trading into the first in any of this? I know you have a bunch of trades in front of you that you wanted to talk about, but I want to spread it out a little bit. But you personally... 
is there anywhere in here if you're not in this draft there's one player like okay i see sky more down with an adp of 109 i think he's a little safer than that i'm going to trade into the 1-7, which is after that first, well, first year of wide receivers end, to go make sure I get that guy. Yeah, I I usually don't trade into firsts unless <clears throat> I think a player has fallen that shouldn't. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say no, mm-hmm. but, I, but I do recognize that after 109, to me, there's a significant drop-off because I think Christian Watson is too big of a he probably shouldn't be at 110 Christian Watson is probably good good business only because his ceiling is worth the 110 right there's enough yep. ceiling there to okay at 110 this could be a future player that is worth 101 plus if he hits the ceiling now do I think he's going to no but the potential is there it's not like this is James Cook so like the difference between Christian Watson going 110 and James Cook going 111 is that it's so unlikely that James Cook, based on his college profile, goes from being what he was in college to being worth 101 plus in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. But Christian I Watson, I can see happening. So there's a big gap there. So once that happens, if you're a Christian Watson guy, sure, 110. But I don't think the risk is worth the reward because we have to think about what are we trading to get into that spot? And yep. I, like you had talked about, I don't want to give up a 23 first to get into that spot. So that's out. Now it comes down to players and that's going to be league dependent. So I guess if I find somebody that really likes a certain player, but like we had talked about that Judy for the one Oh six, you know, type deal. Would I trade Jerry Judy to get into the one Oh six of this draft? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. Um, I, I probably would, and I love Jerry Judy. So if it's a player like that, sure, I can see myself doing it and just kind of resetting the deck um, and taking like a Olave or Sky Moore. Sure, I can get there. But it's probably not something that I'm going to proactively do. If a trade, that would need to be a trade that kind of falls to me and gets offered to me. Like, okay, but I'm not going to spend my time trying to find a player to trade to get into that spot. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to guess the answer for you, Akash, is you're just not trading in to the first. If you feel that none of these guys are everything you listed before, and there's no reason to restate your argument. So I'm guessing, would you bother, bother me really just, <laughs> I'm framing your argument for you. Would you actually try at your valuation to trade into the first for any of these guys? Not actively try it. Yeah, like as you said, if it falls in my lap, then sure, I'll take it. But right now, I haven't done any deals like that where I'm trading from not being in the rookie draft at all into the first round. In the second round, maybe because it's like that's the moment where it's like, get your guy. But first round of the, I'm not looking to do that very much. Okay, real quick, I found one nice and easy one. Would you, what do you think about Chris Godwin for the 105? And to put further context, Garrett Wilson. Godwin. Uh, Godwin or Garrett Wilson? Pretty much, yeah, because the person traded Chris Godwin to get the 105 when it was on the clock. And then he used that 105 to take Garrett Wilson. I, I would I like I like Godwin. I think we've I think the mm-hmm. the market's corrected too overcorrected on, on Godwin a little too much. I agree. Agreed. 
And I just I, I happen to have that on my screen, so I figured I might as well ask. Yeah. So the next question I want to ask is <laughs> I don't know if it's mean or if it's fun. Is James Cook the new Keyshawn Vaughn, the new Trey Sermon? Are we pushing him up just because we need another running back in the first and he's the next clear running back that should be around yeah. the beginning of the second, probably? To me, spending a first on James Cook is not good. But it's it's there. He like he's the one eleven in the ten drafts ADP, and it's just the way it's been. And just to put context for James Cook being on the Bills. The Bills tried to get J.D. McKissick. They've said they want to actually try and pass to the running back a bit more. But is that enough? Is enough that what you've seen from James Cook, which Izzy, I think you said before, it isn't, to push him into that bottom of the first? Yeah, I'm not. I think it's too much where he is being drafted right now. He's not like I think Izzy was talking about earlier. The profile isn't there for him. He's a... Uh, bit undersized which matters for running backs and carrying a workload and he's never carried a workload i think in college he had what 200 ish carries across four years at georgia and he's a good receiver but that seems to be like it for his strong suits and uh i don't see the upside for him i think like we said with jd mckissick if they just wanted that role like spending a late first on uh, JD McKissick with a lot more years left. That kind of role doesn't seem worth it to me. Yeah, it's it's weird with James Cook because he's been elevated to to the status and yeah, he's a good receiver. But it's funny because he only had twenty seven receptions this last season. So it's not like he, you know, Georgia used him as an extension of their of their run game and they just kept dumping passes off to him and getting open in space and all of that. So this is going to be a little bit more of like a, like an Antonio Gibson type of scenario if he ends up working out and the chances of him having an Antonio Gibson type situation is probably pretty low. Um, And honestly with Antonio Gibson, he has not worked out the way that people have hoped he had worked out being Mm -hmm. the guy. So he's completely underwhelmed from what we expected once he got the role. And now his value's kind of been, he's he's corrected to the right spot now. But that's the best case scenario for James Cook. The chances of it happening are very, very slim. Your return on investment at 111, what James Cook is being drafted at now is basically, you have to look at it and say, with James White, J.D. McKissick, those types of players, have they ever garnered 111 value? And the answer is no. They've never been worth a 111, 112. Buffalo has said that they wanted, they're all but said they're going to probably use him more of a, as a receiver, which is great. But I don't see a situation where he ever exceeds 111 just being a receiver. This is not going to be an Austin Eckler situation where all of a sudden he finds himself as you know, a 250-touch running back. Mm-hmm. So I think it's bad business. I think 111 is way too high. Um, I think he's more of in that 203, 204 range is probably appropriate for him. But, yeah, I, I don't get it. Okay, and before we move on to talk about players in the second, I want to take a second to talk about our sponsor, DynastyOwner.com. Now, this, if you run a league, 
Or if you're insane like me and you run 15 leagues and you're thinking in your head, I want to do a salary cap league, use DynastyOwners.com because this literally takes 80% of that work. And they're just like, I got you. I'll take care of this for you. They have real NFL contracts, first of all. So you don't even have to worry about any of the angry managers where one guy, you know, when auctions completely derail the value of anything, you use real NFL contracts, 30 player rosters, 25 round drafts, three round rookie drafts. And it is just, it, it's beautiful. It tracks it all for you. And it even year by year gives you a breakout of all of the contracts. So you no more Google sheets, no more Google sheets. It's the greatest. I love it. And the reason this is even so great is because I've dropped out of so many contract leagues because you have to look in three places just to get your league going. You have your site, you have a Google sheet, and then you need a calculator <laughs> because you need to actually sit and figure all of this stuff out. Everything is broken out for you on Dynasty Owners. And that is because three patents for fantasy sports they own. And they use it beautifully to make your life easier. And if you're doing a league that for you is a little bit more complicated than normal, why not have your life made easier while you're doing it? It is beautiful. It is awesome. It is wonderful. Absolutely go sign up and use dynastyowner.com. All right. So I just want to argue about Kenneth Walker. <laughs> no. We can yell at each other. No. 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 We are we are a happy family here at Dynasty Trade Calculator, but we are going to jump into the second round because eh, everybody knows the first round already. But like you said before, Akash, this is a very interesting situation where quarterbacks drafted in the third round and later have second round rookie ADP. And I'm curious to know your guys' thought process behind this. Is this because we're locking on? We said... Malik Willis is going to be the one-on-one in Superflex because he's going to be drafted in the first round and the NFL proved us wrong. You know, he not only didn't go the first round, he not only didn't go in the second round, he went in third. Which means even the team that drafted Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral, they, they landed in good spots in Tennessee and Indianapolis and Carolina, respectively are good landing spots for quarterbacks. But third round, like even uh, Sam Howell drafted in the fifth going to Washington, is a good landing spot. Because you know how everyone feels about Carson Wentz. But Jahan Dotson going at the, the 201, you have Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter as the next two players. Is this us locking onto the idea that we should be drafting Malik Willis a little higher just because of what we thought he was going to be. We still believe everything we said, even though the NFL completely disagreed. Or are we just so happy with those landing spots? Because Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter at 202, 203. And then you have a bunch of these guys where it's fun. The ceiling is there. These are plant your flag beginning of the second round guys with Trey McBride, my leagues are tight end premium, by the way, 1.75 per reception. So that does boost McBride a bit. David Bell, Rashad White, new running back for the mm. Buccaneers. Damian Pierce for Houston, the running back for Houston. And then Matt Corral at 208. 
So right there, you have this chunk of players. And in there are these quarterbacks that I don't know like if any other year we would see them in the second. If there was more than one quarterback taking in the first or even second round of the NFL draft, would these quarterbacks be this high? I don't think so. Probably not. Beginning the second for them is too early. Late second is more palatable. It's really, it's really just if I'm drafting them, it's hoping that they gain in value at any point because in order to make a return on a, get a good return on investment, it's just that one person has to value them above where you invested in them for one moment out of the entire year. And so, I think that late second, I, I, I can stand corral there, but early second for their guys. I don't think that you're going to get much return on investment in that with the floor being pretty low. Like if Ritter or Willis actually start games and are good, what would they be worth going in next year? And that's not even, that's with the hypothetical that they do start and that they are good. What would they be worth? The late first? No, be, if they're good, if those receivers, those quarterbacks are good. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna be yeah, way more, like, more, way more than that if they're actually good, right? Yeah, they're gonna be way, way more than that. This the the ROI ceiling is massive. Yeah, if it hits, yeah, that's low. Yeah, low percent. Yeah, yeah lo- lower is, percentage. Yeah, which is always the yeah. And then if they start and are bad, then yeah, you get early seconds and the floor being that they don't start at all and the team goes out and gets a franchise quarterback and they're just. They're just a backup. So, so here's a problem. There's a little bit of your belief in. There's a couple of contradictory things in your belief so far in terms of just kind of what I've noticed. Um, not just mm-hmm. with this draft, but in dynasty in general. You're a very big believer in high ceiling play. Like you just go for the ceiling, the floor. It is what it is. But if you keep attacking high ceiling, mm-hmm. you will build a very strong team and you'll have yeah good weekly true. success okay yeah so that's one and those mm-hmm. quarterbacks give you the highest ceiling out of all of those guys and talk about rashad white and damian pierce and isaiah spiller and john mechie and david bell and alec pierce and wandale robinson and the quarterbacks are the highest of those ceilings and it's not close okay that's one two you just got done talking about how this rookie class isn't very good if the rookie class isn't very good relative to the other classes, then you damn sure should be okay taking one of these quarterbacks that could end up being a starting quarterback in the NFL at 202, 203. Look at Davis Mills. David Mil- Davis Mills is now worth 109. He has a, a much... So, so people are more skeptical of Davis Mills than they are of Malik Willis and, and Desmond Ritter. If you look at Davis Mills' profile coming in versus these two guys, the expectation for them, for these two guys, is higher than it was for Davis Mills. Plus, they have a, per- a higher perceived upside than Davis Mills. Plus, people expect them to have a little bit more sticking power than Davis Mills. So if Malik Willis has the same rookie season as Davis Mills, Malik Willis will be expected to, to like Jalen Hurts, same thing with him. Like, he has a little bit higher staying power than Davis Mills just because of the legs, and he's a name. Everybody got name recognition. These two guys even higher expectation than both of those guys, Davis Mills and Jalen Hurts. So if they hit, 
their value is significantly higher than what Davis Mills is going to be, and it'll be significantly higher than what Jalen Hurts was at the time when he popped off. So the ceiling alone is worth the 202-203, but it contradicts the having you fade them to the late second contradicts what you feel about this draft because if this draft is as, not as good relative to the others as you say it is, then mm-hmm. they shouldn't be late second type of guys. And if they are late second type of guys, that means that this draft is a lot better than you think it is. Yeah. So would you trade Kadarius Tony to get in at the 204 to draft Desmond Ritter? No. I don't think I would. Yeah. You're looking Yes. But go ahead. I think I'd be it, it's it's something that happens in one of my leagues. Mm. Yeah, that's I was trying to I was scrolling through while you while Izzy was just telling you you're bad at this game. No, that... I'm not telling you I'm just saying <laughs> I know. But this is I we know. everybody I mean, everybody has contradict I mean People, humans are very contradictory. We're contradictory species because we kind of mm-hmm. create a narrative. We 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 create things to make ourselves and our process and what we think in our mind. We we do those things to make ourselves feel like okay, we're doing the right things now. Like because nobody wants to just keep moving forward and be like, well, I know that I'm doing the wrong thing, but I have this perceived notion or I have this perceived thought that this is the way it is. So I'm going to basically create something that will basically justify what I'm doing. So all I'm doing is pointing out that Akash has these two things that I've noticed that are contradictory to what his actual beliefs are, which we all do. Mm-hmm. Like I I do it in Dynasty, so I'm not criticizing him for, you know, being shitty at this. I I've never <laughs> actually know. never been in a league with Akash, so he might be the best Dynasty player I've ever seen. But all I'm no- pointing out is just a couple contradictory things that he said in the past or said in the present um and pointing those out. But go ahead Akash on this point. Yeah, you you're right. That uh, you're absolutely right with that. Wow. Okay, that's boring. Okay, but, but <laughs> no, but you're you had you had asked that's him a, a question. That's a good point they make. Uh, yeah, the Tony versus the two hundred four for Desmond Ritter. Uh, because grass. I want to talk about specifically the quarterbacks in that area. Mm-hmm. Tony has upside, even with your most owned yeah. rookie player, Wondell Robinson, being there as well. I can like multiple receivers <laughs> on the same team, damn it. But on the Giants, can you? <laughs> yeah. I've accidentally become somewhat of a Daniel Jones truther. Oh, boy. I've, only because no, he, <laughs> he's so cheap and rushes a lot. Yeah, he's, he's so cheap. He's, he's so, cheap. so cheap and he's starting. That's what matters. Yeah, he's a exactly. starting quarterback that you could probably get for a late second at this point. If he doesn't have like the worst touchdown rate in the NFL, he's probably like top 16 at worst. Yeah, and he was top as long twelve. As he, as dropping the ball. he was, I think, he was barely in the top twelve in points per game as a rookie. If not, he was thirteen. We are not. He's we are not, not a, going down a Daniel Jones rabbit hole right now. I am. I am putting the squash the on my content. I am exercising my host duties and saying we're moving on. We'll put a pin on it. We'll put a pin on it because I. I can tell Izzy has something to say. I can no, tell. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to ask. Well, <laughs> well, Kadarius Tony is a do not touch. Unless it unless it's like late second, early third, sure it's worth the gamble. But uh, late first, early second, do not touch with Kadarius Tony. But let me ask you a question, Akash. You mm-hmm. love Wandale. You love Tony. They're both in the same team. Who do you prefer between the two? Wandale. Wandale. So yeah. you're at 204. Wandale's on the board, which he is in most scenarios. Would yeah, you rather have he is. 204 or Kadarius Tony? 
because you had said Tony initially, but I think now that you market value is Tony. Okay. I'm always trying to be efficient in that sense. And I okay. think I can get Wandale later for a better price. Gotcha. Okay. That's fair. But what if I told you Wandale went as early as pick 18? So maybe that's if... after the 204, right? Don't make me do math. Yeah. Yes. Two... Well, that'd be 206. Yeah. So if you want, because <laughs> I, this is, this is His where the draft is in the, his ADP is like the 212 on for a Daiko. You said he was a late. Well, I, I said I said early. The latest he went is 37. Like there's there's a right, range exactly. on Wandell. You can get Wandell so late. But like that's really where I was going next. After Matt Corral, it, it goes nuts. The range these players are drafted are just huge. You have the next group of players to finish out the second round is Isaiah Spiller, John Mechie, Alec Pierce, and Zamir White. I think. After Rashad White, Damian Pierce, and even Matt Corral, because we push up quarterbacks because they're quarterbacks and it's super flex, I think we're at the point where we are crossing our fingers. These are guys where if something goes right, they can produce. If something goes right, they can be worthwhile. The guys above this, I think we we believe they have a chance to play this year. Like even Rashad White in Tampa, Fournette can get banged up. Fournette... Mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting used in the passing game more and more, but he's no James White, even though he's still, again, caught a lot de- recently. But he, we can see a, a world where Rashad White could be a 1B in that situation because he's better than the rest of the running backs on that team already. S- but once we hit John Mechie, I'm a Nico Collins guy, so I think John Mechie walks in as the wide receiver three on that team. There's Alec Pierce, who in Indy, on a run first team, he's the maybe wide receiver too. I mean, maybe pass catcher three if you're a Jelani Woods guy like I am. And then this Sim- is interesting because he's just so cheap. Yeah, relative to where he went in the NFL draft, I don't love the profile, but I there's upside there. And then the last pick is Zamir White, who long term with the whole Josh Jacobs not getting his fifth year option taken, can be the guy in Las Vegas again if things go right. So this, I believe. I like to call plant your flag territory, because if you want a guy, I think you need to get in here just to go get him. Because we have, after that, Wandell Robinson, Brian Robinson, Tyler Algier, Jalen Tolbert, Jelani Woods, Sam Howell, hashtag Team Clemson Big Wide Receiver, and Justin Ross, (laughs) Tyrion Davis-Price, Khalil Shakir, Keontae Ingram, Pierre Strong, and Tyquan Thornton. I may have single-handedly boosted the ADP of Keontae Ingram, who is tied with David Bell for ownership for me. And and then once you get to the fourth round, it's real, real dart throws. But in that third round, which again, does not feel even like prior years, third round draft picks, we are trying to juggle the idea of who's going to be on a roster and who actually has upside and who do we think might actually get a ball in the next two, three years. So I do think if you are a fan of any of those players, I would immediately trade for like the 211, 212, because we're well into dart throw territory. I don't think I'd trade a 23 second at this point. I have traded 24 seconds to get into this point. Two picks in a row. I had two 24 seconds. I traded a 24 second for, well, Isaiah Spiller had just gotten drafted. So I traded a 24 first for Isaiah Spiller, second, sorry, 24 second for Isaiah Spiller. And then the next pick, I traded a 24 second to go grab Jelani Woods. Because 
athletic tight ends. I can't help it. It's a weakness of mine. And again, there's there, there's not many pass catchers on that team. And Matt Ryan likes his tight ends, so I'm going to go for it. Is there anybody besides Wandell? We, we've already talked about this, Akash. Is there anyone in there you think would be worthwhile to either A, trade into this draft, into that top of the second, or move up from wherever you are in the third just to make sure you go get that guy? Not really. Um, um, well, Wandell. Really letting... Yeah, he said I said besides Wandell because we, we know. He already we knew. know. He already knew. We know. But at that point, I'm just letting the draft fall to me and then seeing what I can get. Like, I think out of the um, those third rounders, the guys who I have most of are Brian Robinson and Ty Davis Price, just because they have decent draft capital in the third round and they're pretty cheap and they're running backs. So they just need you know, what one injury and then they give you usable weeks. They have better draft capital than some of the running backs going ahead of them. And even if I don't love them as prospects, it's just. Um, they're they, if they're solid enough to carry the load for a few games, then uh, that's a good return on investment for me. Mm, yeah, no, nobody in that <clears throat> late second that I'm really chomping at the bit to get. Um, I the draft kind of, you know, I, I would say the only one that I wouldn't mind taking in that that I'd be targeting in the late second. Mm, maybe maybe there's got to be more. <laughs> Tyler, I'd say Tyler Algier is probably the only player in that late second that I would consider moving up for, but I probably would rather just try to move up to like 301, 302, which is funny because the 212 costs more than the 301. Like it's same just, thing as, yeah. it's it same thing with the one and twos. Yes. It's that first number. Yeah. 100%. So it's like I'd just trade into 301 for significantly cheaper and, and take him if I, if I wanted to. Yeah. Um. So I'm okay with him there. And then there's like a bunch of guys that I I just will know will fall to me in the late third, early fourth that I'm comfortable taking that I want to take. I don't know if you know Keontae probably won't make into the fourth. Romeo won't make into the fourth very often. Um. Those are two guys that I'd probably try to target. Um. Jeremy Ruckert's the guy that falls into the fourth in just about every draft, and I he's my most owned player. He's probably my favorite of the tight ends in the draft. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you need to move up into that late second. There's a lot of, like, dart throws that I like a little bit more than those guys anyways. Yeah, I am complete no anal analysis real here whatsoever. I'm a fan of late later round guys being taken by their local teams. Like, Rucker, he's a, he's a, I believe, Long Island guy or Staten Island guy. One of the islands. I'm from New Jersey. It, it's not the same. I don't know what those things are. But he got drafted by the Jets, so he's there. Like I they, think he's think he's Virgin Islands. Sure. Yeah, but let's go with that one. <laughs> I mean, that's a much better island than the other two. Yes, but <laughs> <laughs> so like that. And besides, CJ Uzuma is his only real uh, opponent in tight end touches. So there's a lot of upside there as well. But at that point. Is he still my next question? Is there a guy we haven't talked about that you guys are in on that you want to leave this draft with? And you named a few of them that I want to talk about also. Not really talk about, I want to list off. Romeo Doves, drafted by the Packers. Christian Watson can be not good. His ceiling is there, but his floor, nah. Same thing with Doves, right? Like, if Christian Watson gets in the doghouse from Aaron Rodgers, Doves is the next guy there. Like, they, they don't have many options. Is Doves 
an insane talent? Clearly not because of where he was drafted, but he's there. He'll be on the field. And I think that gives him well worth the 4.04 of what his ADP, again, my ADP is. Um, I am also, I mean, I talked about Keontae Ingram at the end of the third, but again, that's me making sure I get him because Arizona, speaking of local guys, when uh, Pittsburgh drafted James Conner, James Conner's the only running back worthwhile in Arizona. I think Keontae Ingram walks in better than Eno Benjamin, in which case Keontae Ingram might see a couple of touches a game just based on the amount of carries needed in the game. And if anything happens to James Conner, even a split field between Ingram and Benjamin. I feel good with Ingram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for Dubs, his success is independent of Watson. It's like if Watson fails, it's on Dubs to produce. It's not like oh yes, yes. I apologize if I up. made it seem like next man up, but it is. Yeah, it's the step into the opportunity. At the fourth, it's worth it. Yes. Yeah, someone I'm. I've gotten, I think, I haven't checked my actual percentage of him, but it feels like it might be decent is Tyquan Thornton because he was drafted in the second round before some wide receivers I really like. And, you know, um, I didn't, I don't love the profile and a lot of other people don't like the profile, but I'm just leaning into the draft capital there. And in like the late third round, early fourth round, if you're not going to, take a shot on the wide receiver who's probably going to get opportunity because he was a second rounder in the NFL draft, then that's something that I'm looking to do. Izzy, you've been around. How do you feel about wide receivers drafted by the New England Patriots? <laughs> yeah, they don't work. Last one I fell for was Chad Jackson. Um, Dobson, and I can't even remember the rest of them. No, uh, see, I didn't, I didn't believe in Dobson, but Chad Jackson was the one that I was like, oh, yeah, but that was kind of like in my infancy of, of Dynasty. That was kind of like my, <laughs> that was my Akash. That was when I was in my Akash phase of Dynasty life, you know? Um, the just, opportunity cost is so low. Like, which, what wide receivers have they drafted with this capital besides Nikhil Harry? A cu- they've drafted a bunch in the second round again, and I can't think of their names, and that says something. I got to go back. I got to refresh my memory. Yeah, there, there, there's been yeah, a bunch. I mean, just because... Just because past ones haven't worked out. I know. It is absolutely narrative, and it's just funny to say. Yeah. And But also, I mean, fit on the team. It's a speed wide receiver with a quarterback that isn't really known for throwing the ball more than 20 yards. Yeah, Not Chad Jackson, Chad Jackson if gonna, was 36. If they're going to draft him there, I hope they got some plan for him. Chad Jackson was 36. Aaron Dobson, I know, was also second. I don't know where in the second. Yeah. Um, he, they, both, they both flamed out pretty hard. Um, We're gonna take a little trip down memory lane. Uh, he was picked fifty nine, so there's been a couple. There's been a they've struggled, but anyways, Tyquan Thornton. I think I think he's one. I have zero so far in the. I've only drafted in six leagues though. Um, probably somebody I should scoop a couple shares of. Um, I'm I'm. This is so. This is the thing that I I clear mistake that i'm making is i look at my especially with these later round picks i try to diversify a little bit just because who knows with them yeah i have three Mm -hmm. kyle phillips and zero taekwon Mm -hmm. thornton and kyle phillips i i I really like jeremy reckon and kyle phillips are my two most owned players um Mm -hmm. alongside david bell but the reason why 
I like Kyle Phillips is that I think that he's going to be a decent receiver in the NFL. I, I think he will have a job because he's a technician, and I like those slot receivers. I think the game is going towards slot receivers. The oh, yeah. problem is he's not – he doesn't have the ceiling that a Tycon Thornton does. So yeah. I probably should be peppering in some Tyquan Thornton because let's be honest, if Kyle Phillips ends up being a starting slot receiver for the Tennessee Titans and he gets, you know, targets at the, even early in his career, his his needle doesn't move up that high. Like I, I'll never right. be able to get, you know, a first, a multiple multiple first. He'll never be a top fifteen dynasty receiver. Tyquan Thornton. Even though it's highly unlikely, there is a path there, a very Amazonian, Amazonian type of bush path there to become that. But it's something mm-hmm. I should sprinkle into my drafts. It's like what happened with um, Kadarius Tony last year, except even cheaper, where a lot of people are out on him uh, for good reason. The profile is not amazing, but just because they're drafted highly, they have a couple of good games and people get excited because they're drafted highly and they showed flashes and that pushes them up to draft boards. All right. And I'm going to take advantage of my hosting rights draft, drop one last name and then round us out. Uh, Kyron Williams. He had a bad combine and I wonder how much that affected his draft stock. He was drafted pretty late, but he was also drafted by the Rams. He's a receiving back who was drafted by the Rams. I'm there for that because they seem to want at least more than one running back back there. And at the 403, I'm there for it. There's there's upside mm-hmm. there. Again, he will never probably pass Cam Akers, and he'll never really be worth <laughs> the first, but drafted at the 403, if you can get flex usable and then maybe trade him for an early second later on, I mean, that's winning. That That is ROI. But we've been going for a while, and I'm sure we have more to talk about next week with Brookie Jeffs, where we're going to start from the beginning again and argue about Kenneth Walker, because that's that's what mm. we're, that's what we talk about. That's what the content is. That's what people of Dynasty uh, content consumption want, just based on everything I'm seeing on, on Twitter and other sites. People want to hear arguments about Kenneth Walker. So we're going to give it to you next week. Yes, we are a podcast of the people. But... Ross at Dynasty Outhouse, Izzy at DTC underscore Izzy E, Akash at YZR underscore Fantasy. We are the Dynasty Trade Calculator flagship awesome super duper podcast. We'll catch you next time.